From the McCourtney Institute for Democracy on the campus of Penn State University, I'm Michael Berkman. And I'm Chris Beam, and this is Democracy Works. Well, Chris, we have uh, a reporter with us today, don't we? Yep. Uh, This is the uh, second in our kind of series on uh, international politics and how democracy is is, uh, being addressed and and being uh, thought about in other countries. And joining us today is uh, Cole Stengler, who's uh, uh, an, an independent journalist, who uh, an American who is actually an expat living in Paris. Yeah, so the, uh, the Yellow Vest movement has really caught attention around the world. Uh, the Yellow Vest is named after the Yellow Vest that all French drivers are required to, uh, to carry in their car. Keep Imagine their car. if they did that in the U.S., <laughs> telling you you had to carry a Yellow Vest in your car. Uh, but it's a, it's a safety thing. Uh, and uh, the, the Yellow Vest movements have uh, spread throughout France. They really began out in, the, uh, out in the more rural areas and out in the suburban areas. They've moved into Paris and some other, other areas as well. It's obvious why we picked this country, right? I mean, this, this Yellow Vest movement is very important, very interesting. But it, it also helps us to, you know, um, you know, in the classic academic language, compare and contrast what's going on in France with what's going on in Hungary that we already spoke about and, and some of the other countries that we're going to look at. And it is interesting to just um, consider how this Yellow Vest movement does seem to echo other manifestations of a kind of uh, populist uh, anger and a kind of split within the, uh, the, the, the nation with regards to rural and urban, uh, educated, not educated, elite, uh, working class, all these, all these um, splits that we've seen, that we saw in Hungary and we've seen here in the United States are also manifested in France. Yeah, yes, it's a, it's a good example of the populism. I and mean, what's different from the Hungary example that we looked at last time is that we don't see any kind of movement to authoritarianism. Rather, we see a democratically elected leader, uh, Macron, trying yeah. to figure out how to deal with the uh, populist uprising. Yeah, I mean, I think it's worth, I mean, it, to the contrary, I mean, um, the the authoritarian voice in French politics was Marie Le Pen. And she and, lost. And she lost. Um, but it's also true that she had a standing in this election that was higher than everyone expected and that made people nervous, right? And so the the same uh, drives that ro- made, allowed her to rise to, to prominence and to threatened to take over the government, well, they didn't go away, right? They're still there. When you think of the uh, Yellow Vest movement, most of the coverage of it has been directed towards economic issues Mm -hmm. that are involved. That's right. That there was a uh, gas tax that was uh, designed uh, to uh, help France comply with uh, climate change issues or to deal with climate change issues. But the uh, problem with it is that it fell most heavily on rural areas. People are much more reliant on on private transportation, it fell much more heavily on suburban areas where the public transportation systems within the cities don't reach quite as much. And, and so it was seen largely as an economic movement, but uh, there may be a lot more to it. I mean, it seems actually that when you read about it, the mix of grievances there is uh, not unlike what we've seen in, in other areas. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like the gas tax was a, was a catalyst for, for something that had been building I, from inequality. I think that, and there was also this kind of uh, repeal of a wealth tax so right. you uh, you know simultaneously you you know it's not just 
um, economics. It's the sense of unfairness and, and injustice. Yes. Yeah, that's well. And right. I think that is really what's driving, you know, a lot of, of the anger that you're seeing both in France and around the world. Yes, I'll be curious to hear uh, from our guest uh, the extent to which there are maybe cultural or immigration related issues in this as well. I think it's time that we do hear from the expert and, and find out more about what's going on in France. This is Jenna Spinelli here today with Cole Stangler. Cole, thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. This is an interesting time to be talking about democracy in France. The country is in the middle of what President Emmanuel Macron has referred to as the great debate. I've also seen it referred to as one of the largest exercises of participatory democracy to be undertaken uh, in the world. So um, lots going on there. And you're also directly tied to the Yellow Vest movement, which I'm sure we'll get to in a little bit. But to start off, can you tell us um, how did this, this grand debate come about and what is President Macron looking to accomplish by doing it? So the, the, this great national debate was was rolled out as one of many concessions that was designed for, for the Yellow Vest protest movement. So in addition to the government canceling the fuel tax in response to these these mass protests. The government also increased a, a state wage subsidy um, and some other uh, more modest measures. And one of the big measures they designed here to, to deal with what they perceived, and I think correctly so, as being a, a pretty deep-seated political um, malaise in France, was this idea of the great national debate. So beginning with the with meetings with with, with mayors and eventually. Um, we'll have an online component as well, and the idea of, of, this, of, of this, this, this whole process is it, it's starting in, in January, going until March, and at the end of the day, um, the government's going to take into account the results of, of, of what they're hearing from, from citizens and what they're hearing from mayors. Another important thing to remember about France is that there's lots of small towns, so that means lots of mayors, um, so lots of mayors are, are participating in this, and the idea is the government will take into consideration all these different demands that come up, and then uh, presumably uh, address them through through some mechanism. Now we don't exactly know what that's going to be, which is part of why this this is this has gotten criticism. Is that you know there, it, it's not clear what this actually is going to lead to. You can talk about issues, you can, you can bring people into rooms and discuss things, but what does it mean at the end of the day if you're not actually providing mechanisms to to ensure that those discussions are leading to actual changes in policy or legislation? So France has very high voter turnout levels, seventy five percent or even higher in some cases. Do you think that that level of participation will carry over into this great debate? You know, I actually, I actually don't think so. I, I, I think you're right to point out in, in, in general in France, uh, in terms of elections, participation is much higher than in the U.S., you know, over 70 percent. Um, it was a big deal last year. Where people were worried about participation dropping below 70 percent. It was still much higher than than in the United States. But, you know, the thing about this, 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 this national debate here is that it's actually not very popular. And I think people are very skeptical of it because they see it. Um, and I think not without some reason as, a, as an attempt from, from the government to kind of divert um, attention and, and to kind of divert anger at the government into this kind of more institutionalized uh, process. Um, so, you know, polls show that, 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 you know, it has less than majority support for, for, the, for the actual debate. Um, you know, you contrast that with the actual Yellow Vest protest movement, which is, which is very much a, a response to the Yellow Vest have, have, have slid a little bit in popularity. They were around, you know, 70, a little bit more than 70 percent at the beginning of the movement when it started in late November. They've slid a little bit, but, you know, still around 60 percent approval rating. So there is the kind of skepticism. Um, 
And, you know, again, we'll, we'll see how this, we'll see if that changes at all as, as this, as this, you know, this process rolls on. There are four major themes as part of this debate. Um, it's taxes and public spending is one of them. Public services um, is another one. Then the, the ecological transition, as the government calls it. So transitioning away from fossil fuels. And then the final question is democracy and citizenship. So those four key themes um, are kind of structuring the debate and, and, you know, we'll see if it changes, but but you know, I have to say at this point, people are, I think, the majority of people are, are, are somewhat skeptical of this process. So the public didn't have a chance to weigh in on the, the topics of this debate, right? It was just kind of rolled out from Macron with the, the topics predetermined. And it seems like there might be some social issues missing, or at least that's something that the, the yellow vests have raised. Right. You know, this 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 was announced to to the public. Um, you know, both so Macron making that condition, con, excuse me, concession on national TV uh, in December, and then actually writing a letter, a long letter to you know, destined, um, um, written to the French public, in which he outlined um, various questions and, and 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 these four key themes, as as, as you pointed out. Um, I, excuse me, I think the government actually pointed out the themes before, but Macron went a little bit more into detail into those themes, and and you know, one of the things that people are upset about, um, among others, is that. One, one of the issues is really comes to the fore of the LMS movement, um, this very diffuse protest movement that, that has lots of contradictions, and maybe we can get into that as well. But one of the issues that unites protesters, or many of them at least, is this question of the citizens' referendum initiative. So this idea of, uh, of, of, of having some, some mechanism in France that would allow people to, um, to, to, to propose legislation themselves, much like the kind of referenda that we see in, in California and the U.S. So the idea would be, um, you know, being able to propose legislation and approve it through through popular referenda, um, and actually being able to even revoke um, laws that are unpopular and revoke legislators that, that are that are unpopular, and that was something that that's that is something that's been really uh, defended by yellow vest protesters. Macron made only one reference to it in in his letter unveiling the the great debate, and that that uh, that upset um, some people as well. So, you know, kind of seeing the letter as as, as a means of of, of both um, shunning some of the issues that are that are important and also redirecting them. You know, another another element we saw come up in that letter from Macron centering the great the great national debate was him talking about actually floating the possibility of implementing uh, immigration quotas. He doesn't say it explicitly, but he talks about um, having putting a numerical value on, on, on immigration in France. This would this would be under the uh, the democracy and citizenship. Um, theme under these four key, theme, key, key themes again. And, you know, this is something that did not come up at all in the LOS movement. This is Macron floating something um, on his own volition, seemingly, uh, that wasn't really a concern of protesters. So, again, at the end of the day, just to highlight the, you know, the, the, uh, some of the reticence and also some of the skepticism about the way the government has been structuring this, this, this debate. So I think this is a good time to take a step back and talk a little bit about the Yellow Vest movement. I know it's only been a few months since it got started, but in our Twitter-adjusted brains, that seems like forever ago. So can you remind us um, what what the movement is, how it got started, and, and what we know about who is participating? Yeah, so so this this started, you know, good question because people are still people are still asking themselves these questions today. You know, who exactly are the people that are protesting? You know, both at the beginning and then today, where the movement has seemed to have waned, but still has this still has this support. So, the movement started uh, late November 2018. You had people responding to uh, this call to block the country in response to the government's looming fuel tax increase effective in January 2019. One, you know, really important piece to address here, as well as, you know, that that can seem kind of reactionary on, on a kind of you know visceral level. You see people protesting against 
uh, the idea of a, of a fuel tax, you know, you, know, you might assume it, it, it's it's a kind of uh, anti-environmental gesture, but but you know, people that were affected by this fuel tax increase and people that are affected by fuel taxes in France uh, tend to be, you know, in, in rural areas or, or living in the outer parts of, of the suburbs. They're driving their cars, and it takes up a huge portion of their income. I think that's another important, you know, point just to just to just to underline there. Um, gas already is more expensive in France. Uh, because you don't have as many of the, of the tax breaks <laughs> that, that exist in the U.S. So in addition to uh, taxes already being high, people are already spending money on gas. In addition to people making less money, which they do in France, you know, relatively or compared to the U.S. Um, in addition to all that, you had the government wanting to increase this tax. So that was a real trigger. Protests um, took off in November. And what we've seen now, we're now just had Act 11. So for 11 straight Saturdays, protests. Um, we had the first few weeks of protests. You know, this question of the fuel tax was center. Then it became this bigger conversation about the, the, what, what's been framed as fiscal justice, so tax justice, this idea that why should poor people and working class people be paying for extra money for to drive their cars to get to work? You know, sometimes they can't find work nearby. Why are they being the force, forced to pay for that? While the super rich, on the other hand, the, the really the mega rich in France are getting a, a tax cut from the government. Macron, as I pointed out before, in his very first year in office, his very first budget as president of France, went ahead and uh, cut France's wealth tax, which affects people with over with, with over 1.3 million euros in assets. So not just not just wealthy people, but really the super rich. So that was really what drove, um, I think, I think the the movement in, in the beginning, and then uh, you know, so so calls to drop the the, the tax hike, calls to lower taxes in general, to have more 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 tax justice. The government responded to that by getting rid of the fuel tax increase, as I, as I pointed out, and then had a number of other more modest concessions, um, including uh, the most prominent one is really the the um, the expansion of, of a, a, a subsidy for low wage workers. So that will give them up to about 100 euros uh, per month of, of, a, of, a, of a wage hike, um, not through an, not through an actual hike in the wage, but through an expansion of a state subsidy. Um, that's the most prominent point. And, and then. As we point, as we were talking about before, this question of the of the great debate, the government uh, went ahead and, and and implemented that as well in, in December. So what's interesting is that we that was really all the action of, of in terms of the, the big protests and, and the government's response. And I think a lot of people expected the movement to to die away after that. You know, when when, when during during vacation during the New Year, uh, protests really hit a, a low point. And what we've seen, interestingly enough, since then, so since the since the New Year, beginning of January is actually protests have been increasing again. So you had 50,000 people coming out a few week, few weekends ago, then it was up to 80,000. Um, and just last weekend, 80,000 people coming out again for Act 11. There is now calls for an Act 12. <laughs> and really, no, no signs of this actually stopping anytime soon. Now, the bigger question is, what are people protesting about? You know, they've already gotten the, the fuel tax um, hike uh rejected by the government they've already gotten this these this set of modest concessions including the expansion of the wage of the wage subsidy so what exactly you know are are people protesting about uh that that, that's the question we've seen the the closest thing there is to a unanimous uh rallying cry here is this is this this uh demand for the citizens uh referendum initiative which i pointed out before so known in french as the ric this has been a rallying point, and we'll see if the great if the, the the debate actually addresses that in some way. You know, there's speculation about the government potentially unveiling some much more limited form of the of the citizens uh, referendum initiative. Right, and and as you've said, this movement has grown 
so large so quickly? Um, do we really have a good way to tell who's participating or anything about what type of backgrounds these protesters come from? You know, I I, I don't really think so. I, I think I think I don't think on a, in, a, in a really meaningful way. No, you know, this there's been there's been a, few, a couple I think just two uh, really major uh, research studies so done by academics and and and, and sociologists looking into who exactly are these protesters. Again, that's the huge question because even in France, people are, you know, people don't know exactly who these who these people are. They're coming from outside political parties, coming from outside trade unions. They're come they seem to people that are not, they don't have much background in politics. So there's been a lot of questions about who's protesting. And and what what these studies have found is that people are really protesting kind of these these core economic issues. People think they're being taxed too much. Um, they think the government is 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 treating them unfairly. Uh, whether that's through through taxes or or or, or through you know um, being 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 overly generous to the rich and not themselves, um, whether it's through defunding public services, that's another thing we've seen we've seen come up. You know, again, this movement this movement sprung up in 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 rural parts of the country and in in France, the what's known as the peri-urban parts of the country. So, meaning kind of the outer parts of the suburbs that are not often connected to mass transit in a, in a, in a meaningful way. And these are parts of the country that have been suffering from. Uh, an erosion in state funding for public services. You know, they're losing their post offices, they're losing their train stations. And at the end of the day, those are the issues that really have been motivated, have been really driving this movement. It's these kind of bread and butter economic issues. And, you know, I know, I know those of us, you know, some, some people on the left, I think, you know, I should point out when, when this movement uh, continued to, to grow, I think, I think there, there's a kind of tendency on the left in France and, and in the United States, you know, really, really everywhere that, that, that kind of has sympathy for this movement to, in, in, in a desire to, I think, um, show that these demands were not anti-environmental, which, which I think is, 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 very, is very true, um, I think in a desire to, to compensate for that, um, you, can, you can go too much in the other direction and, 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 and sort of extrapolate and, and suggest that the, actually the LOS movement is about environmental justice. And I think that the fact is that it, it isn't. <laughs> people aren't talking about, about uh, ecology in, in a really meaningful way. I think some, some people are, but again, if, if you look at that, the study, the study that I mentioned, the, the biggest study to date, um, the Lamont published it um, just a few weeks after the movement got, got started. You know, environmental issues were way, way at the bottom of the list. You know, less than 5% of, of people were motivated by, by questions related to climate justice and the environment. Less than 5% were also motivated by issues of, of, of immigration. So opposition to immigration, you know, being, being speculated about as, as a motivating factor. I think immigration, you mean the environment, uh, abortion. These are not really issues that are driving the movement, um, you know, with the exception of perhaps a few protesters here and there. I, I don't think they're, they're big issues. So if you look at pictures of the yellow vest, it's pretty easy to see that pro the protesters are overwhelmingly white. I'm wondering to what extent um, issues of immigration or race or even more broadly a French national identity play into this movement. Yeah, you know, uh, it, it, it's 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 interesting to to hear you frame it that way because because it's I, I think objectively sure it's true that that most most people are that have been protesting are white most people most people in France in, in France are white I, I I don't think immigration has 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 come up as as a major issue as I pointed out that 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 big that big study done by by sociologists that Le Monde published immigration um, was mentioned by less than five percent of of protesters as being as being an issue for why they've been protesting. Um, I think what, what some of the confusion is, I think, and how we've seen people make the link between the protest movement um, and supposed hostility to immigration um, is people 
pointing out uh, the sympathy of some protesters for Marine Le Pen of the of the far right party in France, that it's the newly renamed far right party, now the National Rally, it used to be the National Front. It's true that that uh, some protesters, I think according to polls, have had voted for for Marine Le Pen. A non negligible part of, of the protest movement has voted for Marine Le Pen, but that's also because the yellow vest. And again, I'm not trying to to to, to excuse it. Uh, I'm just pointing out the facts. That is because the yellow vest movement isn't overwhelmingly uh, popular. Um, or popular in the in the in, in the other sense of the term, a, a working class movement. This is made up of, of, of blue collar workers and service sector workers, and the facts are in France today, for a variety of reasons, um, Marine Le Pen and the, and the National Rally Party is the party uh, that have gotten the most gotten the most support in, in, in recent elections, and so. Um, you know, I think, and, and Marine Le Pen uh, has also tried to try to express sympathy with protesters. I, it should be said, she's not the only politician to do so. On on the far left end of the, of the spectrum, Jean Luc Mélenchon has also done the same, and actually, arguably, gone further than 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 Le Pen um, in trying to to show sympathy. Mélenchon's party in the National Assembly has actually put forth legislation to enact the the Citizens Referendum Initiative. But you know, the, the, this question of immigration, I, I, I think, I think. Um, you know, to get back to your ori- original point, it is true that this movement has, and I think this, this is a real criticism uh, of the movement that, that even supporters have floated um, and, and mentioned is that, you know, coming from, from rural areas and coming from the, you know, parts of the suburbs, it's true that the yellow have not been very strong in what, what in France is known as the, as, as, as popular neighborhoods. So that the quartier populaire, meaning that's also code in <laughs> code in French for basically, um, in, we're, neighborhoods with lots of immigrants and, and, and people of color. So it, it is true that the, the protests haven't been taking place in those areas. There have been efforts to kind of bring the Yellow Vest movement into um, into immigrant uh, neighborhoods and immigrant communities. And, and I should actually say efforts from immigrants themselves and uh, people of color to try to uh, to try to tap into this movement. But but it, it's true that that, that hasn't been yeah, it's been it's been a pretty marginal part of, of the movement so far. So it's clear that these protesters are united in what they're against or what they don't like. But is there any consensus that they're united about what some solutions to these issues might be? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I, th- I think I think that's uh, it's, a, it's a good question, and that's that's what everyone's kind of wondering. And it's 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 not very clear. You know, I mentioned that the question of the the citizen referendum. That to me seems like the clearest actual. Uh, coherent demand that's that's been put forth, you know. Just um, you know, just recently there was a, a yellow vest assembly uh, of assemblies. So, meaning in different communities, you have these these groups of yellow vests that are meeting um, at, at the traffic roundabouts in in, in, in local squares. And there was a meeting in, in eastern France, basically uh, uniting various assemblies um, of, of 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 so uniting these various assemblies from across the country, bringing them in, into a common location and having a, and having a meeting. Which is a really interesting initiative, um, and you know we saw the the citizens referendum initiative get get mentioned, but you know I was just I was just reading through this 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 call um, from the first official assembly of assemblies of the LFS, and and there isn't a there isn't a list of, list of demands. There are calls to keep protesting. There are critiques of police violence. There's a criticism of the government. There's calls to bring power to the people. Um, but in terms of actual coherent demands, it, it remains very, very vague. And that's, you know, I think uh, in line with what we've seen throughout this movement. Other than at the very beginning, those calls to uh, cancel the fuel tax increase, 
And other than these really general calls for tax justice or decreasing taxes, we haven't seen a really coherent list of demands. And, and, and you know, it makes me think a lot about, um, I, you know, it depends on the age of your listeners, but it makes me think a lot about the Occupy movement as well, which I was able to to observe, which, you know, I guess now it's frightening to think about. It was eight years ago, seven, eight years ago, you know, the Occupy movement, this, this sense of, of, of taking part in something historic and having support and feeling like you have um, energy, but at the same time, when it comes to, you know, what do you actually want, um, a seeming inability to, to really put forth a, a coherent platform. So that's the kind of, the, the kind of sentiment in the air. Um, and, you know, I think it, what, what, what's surprising in a lot of ways is the, the, the movement continues to have popular support, <laughs> you know, which is also a reflection of, I think, how much people dislike the government. But I think that's really telling in France today. And, you know, to take it a step further, you could say even the LFS, you know, could, you know, potentially the most, meaning, you know, the, the, the biggest empty signifier in France. This is just the, the vehicle for all your frustration against the government. So the other piece of this, uh, as I've heard you and others write about and talk about, is that you know President Macron has very broad parliamentary support. He's not getting voted out of office anytime soon, even though his popularity uh, has dropped quite a bit since, since he was elected in, in 2016. So he doesn't really in some ways have a lot of incentive to act upon what the yellow vests are demanding. So what does that balance look like between um, you know, on the on the one hand, the the demands coming from the movement, and on the other hand, you know, the kind of lack of of legislative pressure on Macron. On the one hand, you're right; it, it's 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 true. Uh, Macron certainly certainly has shown uh, no hesitation to implement policies that are very unpopular. <laughs> that's what we saw with um, his first budget, with the massive tax cut for the super rich. That's what we saw. That's what we saw with his labor reforms. Uh, that's what we've seen with his reforms to the rail system. Um, that's what we've seen with cuts to low-income housing aid. We've seen a variety of measures that basically the government can implement because they're in charge and there is no meaningful political opposition to them in, in parliament. That's true. And the government presumably is going to continue to do that. Macron has said that they're not going to be slowing down their reform agenda. And I think I think that that's true. On the other hand, what's very interesting about this movement um, and about the, the current moment is that really for the first time since he took office, it's only been... Well, since since uh, you know twenty the middle middle mid twenty seventeen excuse me so about a year and a half in office this is really the first time where the government was humiliatingly forced to uh, concede on one of its measures was as a result of this movement they said that they were not going to uh, decrease that they, excuse me they were not going to get rid of the that fuel tax hike and 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 then they went ahead and did it because they were forced to do so because the movement had this broad support because they were blockading. Um, cities on, on on every weekend, and they went ahead and, and, and did that. So I think the lesson for, for for protesters is that despite what the government says, they actually can be moved, and they will concede if you if you um, block things enough, and if you if you put obstacles in their way, they, they're going to have to concede. So I think it, it, could, it could go both ways, and and you know it's it's impossible to speculate what's what's going through Emmanuel Macron's head, but but. Um, I think you know they're 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 caught in this moment of, of both trying to um, show that they understand people's anger, and that's very much what this great uh, national debate is, is is about. It's about showing we understand you, we understand you're angry. Um, let's talk about it. Uh, that's what it is. But at, at the same time, trying to continue this this uh, ambitious pro business reform agenda, which he set out to do um, from from since, since taking office. 
So as you mentioned, the Yellow Vest movement started out strong, seemed like support maybe kind of waned a little bit over the holidays, but it appears to be picking up steam, at least as we record here in late January, early February. So where do things go from here? Do you think that they'll be able to maintain the, the momentum that they've built as the, the weeks and months continue? You know, that, that, that's a good question. I think it depends a lot on, on what city you're in and what town you're in, because, you know, this movement varies a lot according to the local level. I think there's probably a base of support that, that that's still there, but it'll be interesting to see what happens over over the the coming the coming weeks, if not the coming months. You know, what, what's among the many things that are interesting about this movement is in, in France, typically big protest movements happen when the weather is a little bit nicer, meaning people can come outside and protest. This has been taking place really in the in in, in the late fall and the dead of winter right now, and people are still coming out to protest. I suspect when the weather gets nicer. Um, you know, we could have more people coming. It sounds kind of silly to say, but I think that that, that has something to do with it. Um, and, and, you know, the other big kind of um, question mark here is the student movement. In France, historically, students have played a pretty integral part in, in both either in, in either triggering protests or, or fueling on protest movements. And we've seen unrest from students for a variety of reasons. Uh, one, key, one key issue, among, among others, is the government trying to hike tuition fees or actually already approved, approved a hike in tuition fees for non-EU students, a massive hike in tuition, um, you know, 10 times the, the current rate for, for, undergrad, for undergraduate students. So a leap up to, you know, around 2,000 euros per year. It's now around under 100, excuse me, under 200 euros per year. So that there, we've seen some grumbling from the student movement, university students, high school, high school students are upset about that. And they're upset about reforms to education and um, the, the, the exit exam they have to take. That could be one area to look out for. Do we see students joining in the yellow vest? We've seen it a little bit in the past. Can that get started again? And the other big question mark, I, I would I say, even even you know even bigger than the student question is, is is labor. Here's the question: Is will the yellow vest movement actually um, enter the enter the workplace? You know, these protests are happening on on Saturday on the weekends, meaning you know people don't want to have to take off time for work and, and take and take pay take pay cuts or pay freezes to come protest. This for the first time is a call to have a big disruptive protest in the middle of the week when people are working. So that's another big question, I think, and, and all these things. I think, and you know, it, it, at this point, you know, I think it's kind of silly to speculate about the movement because no one knows where this is going. Um, lots of people have gotten lots of things wrong about this, but what's clear is that it's exciting and and it's 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 still going on. Well, Cole, thank you for all of the good work that you're doing uh, on the ground in Paris. And uh, thank you for joining us today to help all of us learn uh, a little bit more about the Yellow Vest movement and the state of democracy in France more broadly. Yeah, thank, thank you so much for having me. Well, we're back. Uh, Chris, I thought this uh, idea of a national conversation with the uh, survey or request for answers that Macron put out is uh, re- really quite interesting. It's Yeah, it's interesting in a lot of ways. I mean, A, it's a pretty significant change in French politics, right? And it could, you know, it, it could actually end up pushing this very newly elected um, government away from the very things that it was elected to do, right? Yeah, yeah you know, it, it sort of shows the, uh, and, and, and you know, he referred back to Occupy Wall Street at, at one point, and it, it did have me thinking that it is often 
difficult to tell exactly what protest is all about. Mm-hmm. People have a variety of grievances, and uh, oh, we're seeing this with the Women's March, where uh, there's a lot of disagreement on exactly what is it we're marching for and which groups are involved. And, 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 and it can be, uh, protests can be, can be messy and uh, disorganized, and it can be difficult to tell exactly what people are angry about, but it's clear that they have certain kinds of grievances. And, you know, it had a real sort of social control element to me, I thought, that uh, they're doing this survey both as a way to kind of relieve pressure on the government by trying to hear from people, but also because they're structuring the conversation around certain topics rather than others, uh, they're trying to, in effect, channel the protest into into certain kinds of areas. So you must be upset about this mm-hmm. because that's what we're asking you about in the national conversation. Yeah, all right. I mean, that is one interpretation. I guess I would push back on on in, on that interpretation in two ways. One, you know, as you say, the the protest was not very articulate. And it was Protest is often not right, exactly. very articulate. But, it, yeah. but my point is it's very difficult to say, all right, we're going to give you what you want when you're not exactly telling us what you want. Well, this is why, articulating. I mean, established politicians like elections, not protests, because elections are a binary choice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, they like public opinion surveys because public opinion surveys push respondents into answering one way or another. Here's your, here, is the, here is what we are interested in your opinion about. Right. Uh, but protest is... V- Protest is very difficult sometimes to figure out what it's about. There's also a, on both sides, both, you know, in terms of the protesters and the, you know, the police, there's these um, claims of uh, violence and, and um, you know, destruction of, of, of the, uh, the um, Arc de Triomphe and, and, uh, um, and, and the police are shooting these rubber balls that are blinding people. And um, it is, it is it, all that is to say that, yeah, there's, things are very serious and touchy here. And, you know, any politician has to respond to this carefully. Yes. So I think that, you know, reinforces the idea that, that um, there's this emotional characteristic to, um, to protest. Yeah, and, anger. Yeah, anger. <laughs> and, and on the other hand, you know, that's, that's the job of a good politician is to figure out how to read the, the protest, figure out what's behind it, and how to respond to it in a constructive way. Well, yes, and even more complicated if you think that the, these protests are about more than just a set of economic issues because you could always change economic policies. I, I'm not saying Macron's eager to do that, mm-hmm. but, but you can change economic policies. But I, I suspect it's about a bit more than that. I mean, I was kind of struck in, by, uh, by the answers, by his answers about uh, who the protesters are and that – you know, it struck me that they're predominantly French. They don't seem to be made up of a lot of immigrants uh, who are a major part, actually, of the French working class. Uh, so I suspect there's some cultural grievance going on in here as well, and w- which is, you know, which would explain, w- which is consistent, too, with the overlap between a lot of the protesters and support for Le Pen, because much of the Le Pen campaign mm-hmm. is built upon the idea of Frenchness, and retaining Frenchness, a, a very nationalistic kind of appeal, and that immigration uh, threatens this notion of, of Frenchness. It would be surprising if that weren't 
at least at some level part of what's going on here because that's what we've seen. That was that's clearly, what we've seen everywhere else. Right. That's what yeah. we've seen everywhere else. And so if we that these populist movements seem to be a combination of sort of economic grievance, yes. uh, status grievance, culture, kind of, and cultural grievance. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so um, you know, it, it would not surprise me at all if if you know maybe inarticulate. But still there is this idea that um, something fundamentally French is at stake here. Well, we don't know where this, uh, this whole grand debate is going to go. It could be that, it's, that it is just for show, or it could just you know, kind of wither of its own weight, or it could actually lead to some pretty significant changes in, in French politics. Yeah, well, I'll tell you how we could find out. It's follow coal. There right. you go. And, uh, there you go. And, and, and let's put in a pitch for independent journalists yeah. like Cole who are doing really important work. We learned a ton right. uh, reading, reading his material before we, uh, before we did this. Probably doesn't show that we learned a lot, but, <laughs> but imagine, imagine if we had this conversation we before, before, we before that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, you can find his work in the show notes. We'll link to some of his articles. Yeah, good. Good. And, uh, and we are all better off for having this uh, folks like him out there Do, doing, doing the hard work, work for yeah. democracy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So bringing it in for a landing for this one. Uh, thank you very much for listening. I'm Chris Beam. I'm Michael Berkman. This has been Democracy Works. Democracy Works is produced by the McCourtney Institute for Democracy at Penn State and WPSU Penn State. Our hosts are Michael Berkman, Chris Beam, and me, Jenna Spinelli. Andy Grant is our engineer, and Mark Stitzer is our editor. Additional support comes from Emily Reddy, Shireen Stanford, Craig Johnson, and the rest of the team at WPSU. For detailed show notes and discussion questions for each episode, visit our website at democracyworkspodcast.com. And if you like what you heard today, please consider rating or reviewing us wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening.